Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. We are doing a casual vacancy by J.K. Rowling. This session was recorded on July 17th of this year. Yes, I am behind, but before I bring up our conversation, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. Alrighty, let's get started. Today's session was with Aaron, Rifat, and myself. So um, pull up a seat, sit back, relax, and welcome to Book Club. Everyone, welcome to Book Club again. So today's book is A Casual Vacancy by uh, J.K. Rowling. I think we've heard of her, right? She's kind of, I, I, I've heard of her briefly here and there. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we're doing Casual Vacancy by J.K. Rowling. And this book was picked by uh, our own book club member, Rifat. So let's get started. First, thoughts about the book. I know Erin hasn't finished the book yet, and she knows we will have spoilers, and she's okay with it. She's about halfway through. So first thoughts about the book. Actually, I would like, Erin, your thoughts, because you're halfway. I'm really enjoying it so far. I mean, I love the characters. I like the character development. I, I love the plot development. I have no idea. I started out thinking this was like a mystery and I feel like I started this book before and something happened and I like just didn't get time to finish it. Anyway, I, I don't, but I don't, you know, I, I don't even know what I would categorize this as, as far as genre, but I am along for the ride and I'm really enjoying it. Rufat? I really love the book. I read it a long time ago, so I started it again for the book club, but didn't finish this time, but I kind of have an idea of it. Uh, the first thought, um, life, it's just about life, you know, sad and there's satire and I like the wit, but it's kind of really infused with a lot of sadness and a lot of, you know, kind of despair and people who are disappointed with life and, you know, and it, we're talking about different ages, the young kids and parents and teachers and, you know, all those sort of people. So overall, I think it's just uh, kind of a mixed bag of life. <laughs> My first thoughts were, what the heck is going on? Rifat, what the heck? It's like, <laughs> those were my first thoughts. I will tell you, like reading the book, I was just like, oh, so many characters trying to keep track of who is who. And on top of it, these characters have several names. You know, you have Perwinder, who's called, what is it? See me through, see the something. Uh, there's Colin, Cubby, uh, Walls, Fats is also someone else, Stuart. There, you know, it's like, Stu, oh, okay, Stuart. No, that's Fats. No, that, it's just like, I'm already trying to deal with so many characters. You have to double and triple their names. That was really my first thought. Sorry for that. That was kind of, where my first thoughts went. And uh, my other thought was, 
what the heck is this book about? And I know, Rafat, you were saying it's about life. Do you really think that was it? I mean, that was Rowling's intention to tell us this is life? And is this life? Because every single character was messed up. I don't know if there was a normal character in it. I mean, normal quotes within every single character had so many issues. Not to say our lives are perfect, not to say we do not have issues, but if you were to look at a spectrum of people with problems, okay? I have problems. I, you know, I, yeah, I'm like dealing with my job issues. I'm trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with the school. I have issues, yes. But if you look at my whole life in general, despite my life not being perfect, I would say about 75% good, 25% issues. But I felt every character was 90% issues and 10% maybe something good is how I felt about it. So I'm, what is this book about? I mean, is that what life is? Am I missing out that life should be issues? Life should be trauma? Life should be sad? I mean, so I, obviously I'm not finished with the book, like I've mentioned, but I do think I can see where Rifith is saying that it's about life because I think it's about, I do think it's about life. And I mean, I think sometimes my life seems like 90% problems. <laughs> sometimes it seems like 10% problems, but a lot of the time it does seem like 90% of problems. And I would say most people, most people I know have a lot of stuff like this going on and they may not talk about it and they may not share it with everybody, but they got a lot going on. And I don't know, cause I haven't finished. So maybe I'll feel differently after I finish. But if, if Rawlings point is that we all have problems and none of us are living a perfect life. And like, there is no such thing as a perfect life. You take what you get and you make the best of it sort of a situation. Then I think I could get behind that being a message. Yeah, I think so too. And um, no offense taken. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was so worried. I was what like, do you mean? Rifat is going to be like. I can like... say anything. You can say anything. Don't worry about it. Of course not. So, um, you know, I think it's a typical, uh, the, the demographics and also geographically, it's a typical small town, like an English small town book or like a story. And I think um, I can compare it with quite a few others, for example. And I, I think you didn't like that as well. So uh, it was the, my grandmother told you, I was sorry, it's kind of like that. Then there's a really beautiful book. And I still don't know if you're gonna like it or not, but it's called Dressmaker. There's also a movie on that and Kate Winslet is on that movie. And I can name quite a few of these small town stories and, you know, which are based on like a few days only and then they kind of branch off in, in every direction. So to me, it seemed like our lives are also different because I don't know if I am that and it's unfortunate that I don't think I'm that deeply connected with anybody. We being immigrants, we are already, we pulled our roots from there. We are here. Actually, just this morning, I was thinking like, you know, I have a pretty good social life, pretty good circle of friends, but I really don't have anybody that I can pick anytime and say, let's go for dinner. 
it's sad. I mean, and I think it's also because that's how I wanted my life to be. I would not be available for anybody else as well. So maybe nobody's available for me. Hard truth, but it is what it is. But we are talking about a very different kind of a life, a town, a small kind of, there are three towns and they have issues coming from generation. There's like that almost graduated or retired, you know, what do you call them? the earl or whatever the nobleman and then so i think the way it kind of goes from that person all the way down to a very poor i think she kind of created a really nice social hierarchy of people the way people interact with each other issues with parents and children and especially issues that i have my with my kids might be different than the issues those parents were having with their kids it's demographics it's uh a lot of other things so that's how i looked at it you know you're really right it doesn't 100 relate to me all the time just like erin said yes sometimes yes it does but you're right i agree with you it's not 100 i hope it doesn't but i want to say that that's not v as well that's how i look at it okay i you know i agree with everything you've said i really do jk rowling is an absolutely brilliant writer i mean i I cannot argue that. The characters she's created, the network she's created, the mesh, everything, I do not argue that. It's all beautiful, but it's all beautifully sad and it's all beautifully pathetic. And I felt it was off kilter most of time. That's all. I felt it wasn't balanced. I I think for me personally the other thing is when I started reading this book when I very in the beginning I started and I was like hmm okay we got this guy died then you're going to another vignette it felt like little vignettes okay vignette here vignette there vignette there and I remember telling my husband I said you know this book is going to be like American Beauty the movie I could just tell this is like structured like American Beauty So and I loved American Beauty the way it was you know things just unfolded little at a time and you're like oh discovery 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 and at the end you're like whoa and I think that's where for me it fell short short because I compared it to that I had an expectation of surprise me like totally surprise me where suddenly make a character just not be who i think they are and um i didn't get that it was just at the end of it it was just like hey by the way this is about life life is sad life is pathetic things happen people are messy messy people people have affairs people hide affairs people lie in relationships people stay in relationships for no reason whatsoever just for sex whatever you know it's just and that's the final message is that life is effed up the end um i just wanted to comment you you mentioned that it felt off kilter for you a lot of the time for me it actually felt like a very on point for when i lived and grew up in a small town and i feel like it was very reflective of what happens in a small town not reflective of my life now in a bigger city but um like rifit mentioned like i feel like as a grown adult living in a big city even though i have a good social life like my life is still like missing a lot of connections that i had 
when I lived in a small town and growing up and not sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, you know, like there are some things that happen in small towns, which is, I think what this is portraying, people become just overly involved with each other's lives to the point of being problematic. But there are also connections and like support systems that form in small towns like that, that I think being an adult and living where I'm living now, it's really hard, you know, to not have those connections. I feel like I have very few of those. Like Shanaz, I have you, you know, and I have a couple of other people here, but I moved to St. Louis and I knew nobody. Like I knew my, who are now my in-laws, you know, and I rented a condo from them. (laughs) That was it. That's all. (laughs) Those are the people I knew in St. Louis. And the people I, I ended up working with, but I didn't know them when I moved here. So I do think that maybe that might be part of the difference or why it feels weird is that if you haven't lived in a place that's like so small that you've experienced politics <laughs> on that level, that it can be, it, yeah, I could see where this would be like, does this, this seems so not right, like not consistent with life, but, but having lived it, I, I think it reminded me a lot of that time. I just want to say support system, just because they're in a small town doesn't mean they have support system because ultimately you look at it and that's what I'm saying. You you look at it and you're like, let's look at characters, you know, who is whose support system? Howard at the end, you know, like with his wife. I'm trying not to give away the ending, Erin. I'm I'm really trying because it's, I mean, I could, but I don't want to, you know, so you have Howard at the end with his wife. Does he have a support system? Eh, Whatever, you know, there's, it's messed up there. Samantha and what's his name? The, you know, Samantha and I don't know character names because every character's messed up. Okay. Their relationship, you know, it's rock. It, goes through that rocky breakup-ish, makeup-ish, you know, maybe there's something there. You even look at like um, relationship between ARF and FATS and you would think, well, it's a support system. They kind of help each other, but really I don't, like I said, it's, there was more dysfunction than function. And I will not, I disagree with you in that, oh, it's a small town, there's more support system. I get that small towns have support systems, but if that is the case, this book did not bring up support systems to me. I will tell you what this book did bring up is division of, I guess, essentially rich versus poor, educated versus non-educated. Race was brought up because of uh, Parwinder and, you know, their, yeah, race was brought up. Bullying in schools was brought up. Uh, with uh, Sequinder, uh, Sequinder's um, hairy face. And, you know, it's just bullying in schools. And I actually know someone personally in high school, someone of, you know, uh, Daisy, you know, Brown, who was um, bullied for the very same reason that she had, you know, she had more of a mustache and, you know, that kind of a thing. So uh, I think those issues, you know, the issues in society of, you know, like drug abuse, you know, those kind of things were brought up, but everything felt dysfunctional for me. I I think um, it is a serious book, but maybe you took it a little too seriously. It's, I'm just, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, the, I'm not trying to, I but I think, seriously, I mean, it, no, no, I think it brings a message and it's message as is. And I still think that is, I mean, okay, can, can you name a character that you did not understand? Because to me, the, her characterization was amazing. To me, she, every character that I picked, the way she wanted it to be, she portrayed it that way. And it was true to its core of what she wanted to bring out. So her characterization was very good. And yes, that is said. And there are a lot of, I don't know what the genre would be called, but there are a lot of short story kind of movies, even books where we have lots of characters and they kind of bring a message together in the end and I mentioned some and there's another movie called Crash I don't know if you remember or if you, it's a beautiful movie it's again sad and it has race and everything it's Sandra Bullock and they're like a whole bunch of good cast in it like Sandra Bullock is there only for maybe 10 minutes uh, Brandon Fraser or something but it's amazing it's to me the book reminded uh, me of that movie as well and it seems like Aaron has watched that movie and it's such a beautiful message in the end and I understand about the support that you're saying but I do think that the way the series of events that took place it wasn't fruitless it did bring to people's you know kind of conscious that okay we were making a mistake or we were not everybody was fixed but I have to say that people did learn from it and all the way from little kids to the older people they did understand and let me tell you this is how I feel as I grow old as well that just because we are older we're not always wiser <laughs> you know we see our elders behaving like kids sometimes we see you know, my son behaving more mature than I am sometimes. So I think it's, I did find a couple of characters very immature, but then it was totally relatable to me. I mean, if I look at the the two brothers, if I look at Sequinder's family, everything that she inserted, you're right, it was negative. It was in very happy side of it, but everything that she did was completely relatable and was true to its character. So that, that's how I look at it. I'm not trying to convince you to like the book, but <laughs> I like the book. I didn't love the book. Okay. I, this is, I don't know. Maybe this is just not the right time for me to read it. It's well-written. It's a great book. It's a great story. I just, I think right now I'm not looking for life. I'm in the middle of freaking COVID. I'm dealing with my own issues. This is not what I want to deal with. So don't get me wrong. I, I like the book, but I was expecting more. I, I think that's what it is. I think my expectations were extremely high, also because it's J.K. Rowling and because you, you had said, oh my gosh, this book is amazing. And that's something with books, with movies, you know, when someone recommends a book and they're like, it is amazing. You have to read this. Drop everything you're reading and read this you know those kind of recommendations like that's not what you said you were like I love this book guys you got to read this right immediately when you when you pick a book up and you have no expectation it just goes at that base level right when a book you have expectations of a book it's like you expect this book to be here already automatically you're like oh my gosh this book has to be here but if it falls short although it's so much higher if it falls short of that expectation, that's kind of what it is. I think for me, a lot of the characters, like Crystal's character, right? I don't know. I didn't empathize 
with her character because one minute she's nice and all of that the next minute she's punching someone and insulting them and the next minute she's oh i'm the victim here i just i get that's life but crystal's character terry i mean obviously there's all the drugs and everything there was uh, but the question oh the question at the end of the book was at the end it was brought up where it wasn't a question really like they were talking about it and saying should robbie have been taken away from Terry and Crystal and placed in a home, should that have taken place? That was a question that, you know, like hindsight is twenty twenty kind of a thing. Should that have happened? It's just a lot of, um, the other thing is I'm just, it's just my personality. I just, I think I have very high expectations for myself and I fall short of it all the time. But it frustrates me when people don't have any expectations for themselves, if they're not striving for something. It's just like, okay, fine, whatever. Everybody just, I don't know. Um, Characters, let's talk about characters you liked, disliked, empathize with. I don't like Fats. Like right now where I'm at in the book, he's probably my least favorite character. I just feel like he's so arrogant. He is very idealistic and does not have any grace for other people that, you know, are not idealistic. He's like at the beginning. And I don't know if this continues to the end or not, but like half the time he's like trying to like get rid of ARF and half the time, you know, disconnect himself from ARF and half the time he is wanting to like not leave ARF's side. Like, I don't, I don't like his character. It's just so, Oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Annoying, you want to punch the heck out of him. Yeah, I mean, it's self-absorbed. That's, I guess, what what I'm looking for. He's just so self-absorbed, he can't even see that he is hurting other people around him. So he's probably my least favorite character. Then Gavin, I'm not a fan of Gavin. But I think that my most relatable character is Kay even though I get really frustrated with her putting up with Gavin and like not seeing the relationship situation for what it is and like the fact that he doesn't really have respect or feelings for her he's just using her and again I don't know if that continues but where I'm at right now that's what's happening and I guess I can still kind of relate to that because I've I've been there in my life you know so she's the most relatable character for me but the character that I like the most this is going to sound weird, okay, but it's Crystal. I like Crystal because even though Crystal does some stuff, most of the stuff that she does is pretty negative, at least where I'm at in the book right now, has been because of her her socialization and her upbringing, which is obviously very lacking. I mean, her grandmother did the best she could, but I mean, she was what, like five when she went to her great-grandmother, so a lot of her early socialization was already done. She tries to correct whenever she realizes that she's done something really wrong. And she is trying to better herself or make better decisions in some categories, but it's hard to shuck the socialization that she has. And she has really bad circumstances that she cannot get out of. And they just keep, you know, like her mom, that just keeps happening. That's just a situation that keeps happening. So I, I like her. I mean, I don't, I can't like personally relate to her, but I like that. In some regards, she seems to be seeing that she needs to make changes in her life and she needs to do better than people did by her. And she's trying to do that. 
not always successfully, but she's, she falls and she gets back up and she's trying to do that. Yeah. And I agree with that. And again, I think we talked about when we were discussing uh, the last book, uh, one of the girls, I don't remember her name, Rose or something, the, sh- the product of the system, right? So, or, you know, the way you're nurtured, the way the life puts you in. So I agree with that, Crystal. And I also know that just like you, Shanaz, I think I also have high expectations from people because I have high expectations from ourselves. And I do think maybe you and I are not that forgiving. I agree with that, you know, and I think it's again, it's the way we are, the way we come from our countries, the way we are, whatever is in our heads. So you're right. It's like, you know, we don't want our kids to be like, what's the big deal? Right. What's the big deal? Suck it up and move on. Right. This is what we were told. This way. So I agree with you that way. And I also don't like those characters. But I have to say that Crystal was pretty just like Erin said that she she was kind of it was push and pull for her. I mean, she also wanted to be uh, kind of like in a what do you call a rebellious uh, you know, to life, she cries as well. She wants the connection with aunt. She wants, she, she's very sad when the grandma passes away. She's, she loves her brother. She does everything to kind of, you know, get him out of the situation. Um, so, and I, if, sometimes I think if we don't feel anything about a character in a book, that means the writer hasn't done a good job. If we like or dislike a character, that means she hit or he hit the point. So I guess, you know, that that's how I look at it. And I also didn't like a lot of characters, but it doesn't mean that they're sort of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? That their input or their participation in the book made the book bad. You know what I'm saying? So their uh, character was vital to what she was trying to say. So Fats was definitely, I mean, there are people like these that I don't like, of course. I did not like him at all. Uh, I didn't like Samantha, for sure. <laughs> Samantha was the lady who had a bra shop, right? Yes, I did not like her. I didn't like, did not like the in-laws. I didn't like her husband. So there are a whole bunch of them that I didn't really, you know, like uh, but Kay was definitely because she was trying to you know do good to the family she was making sure that she goes over her notes and every she's like really where can I fix this family you know uh, and she understands Crystal's rebuttals and rebellion you know everything so I liked her the other characters that I don't like because they were bad characters, I still like the way they were portrayed. So that, that's the point what I'm saying. Like, you know, and that is one reason that I love the book is, uh, again, if a character has an impact on the reader, whether you like that character or not, that means that is the main gist of a book. That's how I look at it. Okay, um, I'm going to be devil's advocate here completely off K. I think... I disliked her because I see things in her that I dislike in myself. Like what Aaron says that who hasn't been there, who hasn't done crazy things like that. And I think watching her make those stupid, stupid errors and constantly watching her be desperate for love, be desperate for family, asking, almost begging please be there. I think I see a part of me in that somewhere in my past. And it makes me angry because I can't change that. And um, so I don't like Kay, because that's a part of me I, I just 
dislike and I'm really trying very hard to be like, no, you got to be better. You got to be able to tell these guys off. You got to be able to tell what is what, you know? So it's more like schnoz, come on, wake up. So it's it's a schnoz issue, not a K issue there. Gavin, I think in a sense, I'm sorry, but I kind of was like felt sorry for him in the sense that he didn't know what he wanted. He just wanted sex. He was just, he, he knew what he wanted in the part that he wanted sex, but then he didn't know what he wanted. And he was just confused all the time. And he was trying to see like, well, I don't want Kay, but just, I don't know. There was, I wanted to fix him and I couldn't fix Gavin. I couldn't fix Kay. Don't get me started on Crystal. I'm sorry. You're you're right. It's, it's upbringing. It's up, you know, but there are things that Crystal has said and are done, you know, like bullying and things in school. You could call it upbringing. You can call it what you want. I don't have an exact. I just, I just finished the book too. And I'm trying to think of an example where it was like people were actually nice to her. And the very next day she did something totally insulting. And I'm kind of like, what? So yeah, don't get me started on Crystal. It's just, it's something I don't empathize with. I, of course, fats, forget it. I, I hated fats. I hated um, Howard. Miles, you know, Samantha's husband, he was just there really. There's nothing about him that I really liked. Or does he was just there as a character? I'm trying to think of character. You know, you know the character that I really liked and wanted to help and wanted to rescue was Sequinder. She was the one of all the characters in the book. You know, if there was one, if there was one character for me is I just felt bad for her. That's all. With her, like she had no control over the way her face was like, no matter how much she yells and screams at her mom or anyone else, that's not going to change. Just, I just felt kind of like she just was so lost. And I really wanted to help her because not only was she lost, she was also an outsider. So I think that's who I felt for. I thought her mother, Parwinder, uh, Dr. Jawanda was I don't know how I felt about her at all. I, I don't even know how I feel about her. I still don't know. I don't know if I like her. I don't know if I dislike her. I don't know if I feel sorry for what happened. I don't know if I don't. Uh, I mean, the one scene where she starts yelling, I liked that. I was like, man, you know, because I'm a doctor myself and there are things I want to say, but I don't say. And so that scene, I'll give it to her. But yeah, character-wise, I mean, I could I could go on about characters about not not understanding anything and understanding everything. I'm just so lost in this world of I don't even know what how am I supposed to feel here? Okay, so I just want to go off of two things. One thing is Sukvender. I agree. And you know what? I think she's like um, what you said about Kay for myself. So I was bullied in high school and in middle school growing up. And I can very much relate to her, although I, I never like did cutting or, or things like that that she does. But I, re- I just I do remember being very self-conscious, feeling like, who can I trust? Like, who can I be like be friends with? Because these people are are being harassing and bullying. And mine was, you know, we didn't have Facebook. Mine was notes in my locker and like 
Um, I remember a couple of times coming and having like feminine hygiene products dipped in ketchup in my locker and things like this, like, because I was the first one in my class to like hit puberty. Right. And so people wanted to make fun of me for that. I don't understand teenagers. So like, I don't really get this. At least I wasn't the person that got my tush super glued to a toilet in middle school. Cause I feel really bad for that person in my, my class. But yeah, I, I related a lot to Suk Vendor and, but I, I wish I could just tell her, like, I don't know how this is going to end. Right. Cause I'm still halfway through this book. I wish I could tell her that people are really sucky as teenagers Like they do not know how to have humanity. Most teenagers do not know how to have humanity and this will get better and you will make it out of this situation. I feel bad for her because her mom expects a lot out of her, but I can kind of relate to that too. Uh, My parents expected a lot out of me. I felt like there was a lot of pressure there that I didn't always like meet that expectation and to, to tell her like that's That can get better too. Like I would fully expect that that would get better. Um, so yeah, she, I, I, I did, I should have said something, but I think that was my psyche, like being like, no, I don't want to <laughs> admit that the, like I can relate to that more. And then the other question that I have for Gavin, I did not like Gavin, but do you think that part of his situation with like only opening himself up to int- for intimacy or for, you know, sex, do you think that that's his self-protection mechanism? Like he, you know, like his first wife left him. I don't know what I, where I'm at the book, I don't know what that situation was. Maybe it's it's something that's resolved or talked about later on, but I just know that she left him. And it just seems to me that it's like a really big self-defense mechanism or protection mechanism. Um, I will tell you that I don't think Gavin was ever fully resolved. I think even towards the end, I don't think his wife's situation was ever fully discussed. So what you know is what we know, Aaron, and I will be honest towards the end of the book. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't like Gavin because if you really get to where it is, is that I think essentially Gavin's situation is wanting something, but not knowing what it is you want. I think that's what it is. And when you don't know what you want and you transfer it and you think it's sex, but then you realize that no, that's not what I want. And I think towards the end of the book, he does it. Yeah, he does realize what he wants towards the end of the book that that does come up. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what that goes, um, because we're doing the spoiler free. That's Gavin's situation. And I really think um, you, Aaron, will like how it ended for him. I-, I think you'll like how it ended for him. I liked how it ended for Howard. I'll tell you that much. I really, yeah. I think, um, you know, when you think about, um, I, I know, Rafati, you have your hand up. I'm just trying to think about um, retribution and fairness. And we all want, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, if someone murdered someone, we want the murderer to be caught and put in jail or or be hung, whatever. You know, we want that nice-ish ending for people, you know, like, like Sequinder, we, we want something, you know, you, like you said, I want to, you know, tell her that's going to be okay. Fats, you want to beat the crap out of him and whatever, you know, like there are endings you want for people. And I will tell you, as far as endings go in this book, endings and characters, for the most part, 
for the most characters, I was very happy with the ending. And I just thought, um, I thought, no, this is, this is a great way to end it. This might not make me happy, but no, it's, this is, no, this is good. Yeah, I, yeah, I like this. I like that. There was one scene, though, that just threw me off a little bit was with um, Arfana's dad and the computer which really, that was like a brief moment of, I felt it was out of character for Arf to suddenly say, oh, I want to, I guess, build a, a relationship with this man. Like, it was like this brief moment of, I was like, what are you playing? Like, like that threw me off. And of course, yeah, whatever. But anyway, all right, Rufa, you can go. Oh, yeah, I was just talking about the ending too. And I think uh, I, I liked it. A lot of losses, again, the same, and I, I really want to know what genre this genre is called, uh, where there are a lot of characters and there's satire and there's irony and then there's like black comedy, black humor. I want to say it's black humor. What do you think, Karen, right? Yeah. So, um, humor? You think it's funny? It is black. That's why it is. It's com- black comic. What do you call it? Black comedy? I, just, I I think I, British humor in general tends to be like that, but yes. see, I did see. This is where I'm missing it. Like like Griffith, you told me in the beginning, you said you took it too seriously. I still oh. take it too seriously. Like I just don't, I don't see any humor in any of it. I just so I didn't mean that you took it seriously. So we're talking about two different things. By serious, I meant maybe your expectation from the book was too high, or maybe you're analyzing too much. To me, so when I say black comedy or black humor, that is not opposite of seriousness. Black comedy itself is very dark and serious and very, you know, and I know you may not want to read that book, but it's like maybe less than two hour book. It's Dressmaker. It's Kate Winslet in it, and it's probably on Netflix, Amazon Prime. We watched it there some time ago. The movie would be a better thing if you don't want to read the book. But it's kind of like, you know, there's always deaths and losses, and then people come out of it. But that's not the end of life. Who knows where Samantha is going to be 20 years from now? Who who knows where everybody's going to be, right? So, um, I mean, it's a short span book. So the ending is not the ending even, right? Um, Fat... Um, whatever he may not be what he was in the beginning of the book he was not what he was towards the end and he may not be what he will be doing so it's just a snapshot of life at a at certain time and that certain time is everybody's certain time in their life and in their situation and that's the kind of book sometimes I like to read and I do like multi-generational long sagas too but this is one of the kind of a genre that I like to read and I think it's always yeah it's you should Erin um, it's really good so um, it's it's just I think that uh, so d- don't take black comedy as not being serious so it's kind of, but you see the way she writes, she has a lot of irony to it. That's the satire or the black humor I'm talking about. And you're right, Erin, that uh, the comedy, the difference between comedy in America and US is very clear. You laugh with the character in American comedies and you laugh at the character in British comedy. British comedy, the people are usually disappointed in their own life. They are not happy. They are losers. In America, you have higher expectation from people. You're more forgiving. You are not going to make fun of somebody's weakness. You actually make fun of somebody's positive thing and then make it look like fun. 
in British, it's a totally different, totally opposite thing. You actually take the weakness of the person and you laugh at the person, you degrade him, berate him, and that's what they find funny. It's their wit. I mean, look at Downton Abbey. So I don't know, it's, it is the difference uh, between the two cultures. I like that, Rufus. I like what you said. That totally makes sense. And now that I'm looking at this book from what you just said, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just not British enough. I, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Okay, so um, anything about this book, anything else that we want to discuss about this book? Anything else? Just before we go into, you know, title and and uh, cover. I'm, I will rate the cover and the title, but I'm not going to rate the overall book since I haven't finished it. Okay, that's fair. But anything I else about like, the book? Yeah, I would like to say that it really brought the diverse writership of <laughs> J.K. Rowling. And I really like that how she could shift from one, like shift her gears from like one audience to the other. She, there are a lot of similarities, bullying and good versus evil and, you know, all that thing. And even some comic, like whatever we were talking about, the wit, English wit and all that. But it's really, I just thought it was so brilliant that she was able to be on one side and then write this book. I think that kind of, and I know you said that it kind of brought your, your expectations were higher. To me, I just think to be able to be that diverse and pull out a totally different story from like, you know, a totally different era and demographics and just, I mean, Harry Potter is out of this world, not even this world, you know, but she brought the aspects of uh, those, the things that I said. And plus, I think uh, she really was able to get in the psychology of every character. I like that a lot about the book. So whatever I, to me, it seemed like every character was complete. It's rare, although it was very short snapshots of the snapshots of the characters, but it was enough to give the message of life <laughs> or whatever I was talking about. I think it just complete. It, to me, it's, it was a complete book, although it was not complete. It, it was not an ending. It, there was no beginning to it. But uh, the way she weaved the whole thing, it really gave a beautiful. Again, I would use the word snapshot of life. I think you make a really good point. So like, I feel like many, many art authors stick to one genre and they're excellent at one genre. And there's very few authors that I can pick out that and say like, okay, they actually switch genres here and it's remarkable and they're still a great author. And while the books are not the same, because maybe my preference of the genre is different, you know, I think that it says it does speak a lot to her writing skills. And and so I, I can totally agree with that and get behind that. And I do think that I that was something that I recognized. Like all of I mean, almost I think all of JK Rowling's other books are all fantasy, you know, and um and this is not. But she really is starting to remind me of of Margaret Atwood, who a lot of people, you know, that's, she made her name on fantasy, sci-fi, but she actually does have some historical fictions that she wrote. For example, Alias Grace, you know, and I tried to read Alias Grace, not my favorite of her books, but it's really good. I mean, there's, there's a whole series on Netflix made after it, right? Like the storyline's great, but I think that there's very few authors that achieve 
that kind of status where they can write well and have books that are noteworthy that are in different genres. So it does speak to her ability. But I do think that we probably put an unfair, you know, if this was her first novel versus Harry Potter, we probably would have been like, this was great. And then Harry Potter would have blown us out of the water. But instead, like, you know, the order that we got them in, and who knows if it's the order she actually wrote them in, right? I don't know when, when she wrote this, we can tell, we can say when it was published, but I mean, we don't ultimately know when, when she wrote this, but if we would have read this first and then read Harry Potter, I think we probably would have looked at it differently. Before you go, Rafat, I will say, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, J.K. Rowling has also published under the name of Robert Galbraith. And she wrote, I think it's mystery or whatever she wrote under that name. I have not read Robert Galbraith's work, but uh, just FYI on that. Yes, I haven't read that too, but I was going to say the same thing that she writes under another name. I don't know where I read it and I would like to maybe read it again and send it to you, but I think it said that she grew up poor. So that's why she wanted to write about poor. So I think that's her relatability towards this. You know, I never even considered it. Now that you mention it, no, now that you mention it, I think J.K. Rowling was very poor growing up. She had to deal with, I think she was practically like not even paycheck to paycheck. She was like, had to get social services to help, you know, like she was extremely poor. So uh, now that you mention it, I, yeah, that makes sense. She also a social worker. Am I just imagining that I remember her being trained as a social worker? Because I was thinking that when I was reading this, I remember like watching a documentary about her writing Harry Potter. And I feel like that they said she was trained as a social worker. But if that was the case, I kept thinking maybe Kay is like, you know, a character kind of made around her. Is that why you like Kay? Because you thought that maybe Kay was... I'm just, you know, (laughs) I just feel like I can relate to Kay because a lot of my own professional work kind of overlaps with social work. So I can really, you know, I can relate to wanting to help families like that. Also, you know, her love story situation. I feel like, you know, that I can relate to some of that. So not like not being a single mom, but there's some other parts about it I can. Okay. Now, I don't know about J.K. Rowling being a social worker or not. I have not read her biography, autobiography, if there is one. I haven't read too many books, articles about her. Everything I tell you about J.K. Rowling is um, hearsay. Although I did look up the Robert Galbraith while we were talking on Google. So that I did look it up. Okay, let's uh, move to title and cover. So how would we rate the title and the cover? Yeah, that's the cover. Yeah, that's what I had. We're looking at the cover real quick. I'm I'm trying to pull up my cover. I think I had a different cover though. Let me let me see what my cover is. So this was the cover I had. Yeah, so there are two different covers. Oh, there are so many different covers. Okay. And I can't I hear you, Rafat. Yeah, I wanted to let you know that there's also a three-part series that I was thinking of watching before the book club, but then I didn't end up watching because I think that might skew my, you know how sometimes movies are. So I'm probably going to watch it. It's on Apple, I think, for $10 or you could rent it or something, but it's a three-part, maybe three and a half or four hour. So I'm looking forward to watching that. (laughs) So about the cover, I think it was, I really... I want to say it was this one for me too, if I remember. I actually didn't think much about cover. I totally forgot forgot that we were going to discuss the cover. But to me, it seems like, okay, so I, I don't know. I wish I had looked harder on it and be able to tell you. What about the title? Oh, I love the title. Very British. <laughs> Again. <laughs> 
No, I like the title a lot. The casual vacancy. And then I love how she describes it. The casual vacancy and all that. She, you can kind of see that she has that, uh, the playwright kind of like, you know, intentions in it. And I like that. So I, I like the, the title I really, really like. What about you? Okay, so for me, I don't know about the cover. I really didn't look at the cover. It, there was nothing about it that just was like, oh, wow, look at this cover. It was just like, it's a cover. And now we're talking, I'm like, oh, we got this cover. It's not something I really want to look at. But I will tell you that because I'm on uh, Instagram, Bookstagram, and I constantly post about what books I'm reading and how far I've read. And my post, I actually color shade with the part of the cover. Okay. And I noticed that my casual vacancy cover, it was just, there weren't too many shades in it. There weren't too many colors and it. it was just very muted. It was just a block color scheme on it. So that's something I'll tell you. Casual Vacancy, the title I find is intriguing, especially the way the book starts, where J.K. Rowling goes, a casual vacancy is, by definition, you know, and the way she starts that right there said, okay, that was intriguing to me. And uh, yeah, I think the title was very appropriate and I liked it. I don't know about being British, but it was so cute. Like, I liked it. I wouldn't call it very British, too. But you, I mean, it had a different meaning. I was just saying about British. But yeah, I liked it because it had different meaning. Erin, what are your thoughts? I loved the title because I feel like, like, that's what everybody in the story so far keeps bringing it back to is the fact that there's this council seat that's up and, like, how are we going to vie for it? Even in light of this man, this really, well, so far what I know about him, this really great man and his death, his um, tragic, unfortunate, middle-aged death. So I like the title. I think it's very good. And also it kind of, I think it's still like some of that British humor. Like it's just a, a casual vacancy. And like, that's what we call it when somebody dies. It's casual. It's casual that somebody just dropped dead suddenly <laughs> and they have this open position. So I think that that's like, a nod to the British humor. As far as the the cover, I've seen both of the first two that you just showed us, the red one with like the little like mark. I don't really, I don't know where they were marketing that title or that cover page or that cover to. I don't know if it was British, American, both. I'm not sure. Uh, the other one with the, the like lady's legs or something that you're looking at. I mean, so far this doesn't have context. <laughs> Neither of those things has context with the book. So I don't really feel like, I don't really like the the cover page. I'm going to just go with the cover. The covers that I've seen so far sucked. They're just terrible. Like, I would not look at it and be like, I'm going to pick that book up. Um, honestly, if it didn't have J.K. Rowling's name on it, I would probably not have given it a second glance. And But I do like the title. So I feel like that was poor marketing on somebody's part. But again, like you said, Erin, it has J.K. Rowling's name. That's all it needs. Who cares about the cover at that point, right? When you get to be J.K. Rowling, you get to have as sucky a cover as you want. I mean, there you go. When you get to be a nobody, it has to be phenomenal, bright, you know, all of that. Okay, final um, rating of the book. Aaron's leaving, so all right, Rufith, it's just you and me. Final rating. Final rating. I would give it five just maybe a couple of like maybe at, at least 4.95 if you could 
you know, first of all, I love the genre. I love British books. I like J.K. Rowling. I love her characterizations. I love the plot. I love how everything was first dispersed and then brought together and the snapshot uh, aspect of a book. So I, to me, it's almost a five. I, I really can't pinpoint anything that I wouldn't, I would read the book again. That tells me a lot about, like personally to me about a book, that if I want to read the book again, that means it is a good book for me. You tell me. My rating is actually 3.5. Uh-huh. So on Goodreads, I upped it to four, you know, because of right. the roundup. I just, for me, I would not read this book again. Mm-hmm. I do not want to spend time with any of these characters. I do not want to live in this town. I do not want to be there. And I, you know, sometimes I want to read a book again because I'm like, oh, what did I miss? But this book, even if I miss something, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. All right, moving on. You know, that's kind of how I feel about this book. No, that's okay. But no, 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 no. But, 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 but I am really glad to have read the book. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm glad you brought this book up. Despite me complaining about it and all of that. I mean, it's still, I mean, it was pretty decent. And I, um. I feel that's why book clubs are important because you know what? I have to expose myself to all of this and figure out how I process it and what what a book does for me or does not do for me. You know, no one has to like every book in book club and no one has to hate every book either. I mean, we we get books with mixed, you know, someone's a five and someone's like, I did not like this book. It it happens. So yeah, it's it happens. And, you know, I like book clubs because of that reason, too. Actually, I don't like those book clubs, which only read one genre. And there's a couple of book clubs that I didn't end up joining for too long because they were not moving from the genre. And I was like, I also prefer some genres over the other mm-hmm. but I would like to explore and see how books are written and how different perspective they can bring to us you know I mean I love murder mystery I love black humor I love multi-generational sagas and everything so it's you know I, I like right. that about book too and actually I have been reading more contemporary works because of book clubs because people end up picking those books uh, so that's another reason I like the book clubs good Good. No, thank you so much. It's always nice to be on your book club. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite, you know, I didn't want to miss it. So I have to say it's one of my favorite times to sit with you guys and, you know, discuss a book. Well, that's good. I'm going to officially close the book club now. So, but, you what? know, it, no, <laughs> I'm officially closing our book club session for today. So you can end the recording then? <laughs> That's what I was doing. Okay, so that's I, what I was doing for the ending of the recording. Recording, okay, I let you recording, it. and you were I like, like "You were like, you're closing book club." What? I know. I was like, I tell her I like the book club, and she goes, "Okay, I'm Okay, that's it for today. I mean, I would have recorded a more formal ending, but that was just too good to pass up. So that's why I kept it that way. Coming up, we have. Another book club, which is My Name is Hannah by Tara Lynn Massey. And uh, the author joins us for that one. And then I'm still working other episodes. So uh, stay tuned. Before I go, if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram on Living a Life Through Books. 
I'm also on Clubhouse. Look me up by name. I'm on uh, TikTok. My tag is at Dr. Shnaz Ahmed. But I think the page is called Living a Life Through Books. I'm still new to TikTok and still navigating the waters there. My tag on Swell is at Bookish Podcast. It's a different kind of audio app, but it's still a good way to reach me. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. <laughs>